Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so excited that you made your way to this episode. This episode is not going to disappoint. They never do around here, let's be honest. But today you are in for a real treat. I am sitting down with Amy Belair and she is an Akashic activator. And I came across Amy, she was being interviewed on a different podcast and hearing her story and hearing her style and everything that was basically coming out of her mouth, I was literally stopped in my tracks in the drugstore, not able to move as she was telling her story. And she dives into that today as well. It was incredible and I knew I had to have on the show. So I reached out to her shortly after she agreed to come on and then I discovered her podcast and I've been hooked ever since. So you are in for a treat today. I'm sitting down with Amy and we are talking first about her story. She had an experience where she lost a son and how this crazy experience led her to the Akashic records and deep, deep levels of healing and insight and basically changed her life. And then we dig into what the Akashic records actually are and how they can help you to unlock parts of yourselves, to get unblocked and step into your purpose and all sorts of things. And then I ask her about the evolution from 3D to 5D that we are going through as seekers and we're going through as a planet. So you're really going to want to stay tuned for all of that amazing information. Also near the end, she dives deeper into soul's purpose and what she sees in the Akashic records and some examples of what people's true soul purposes are. I know you're going to get a lot about that. And also we just riff on manifestation. There are so many gold nuggets to come out of this. Amy is amazing and inspiring and you're going to want to follow her. So check the show notes for all of Amy's links. I know you're going to love this episode. And without further ado, let's welcome Amy onto the show. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're joining me today. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Talia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, this is going to be really fun. So for all of you listening, I um, first heard Amy on some other podcast. I heard her story and just hearing her speak her wisdom and it, it was just so amazing. And I had this feeling right away of, I need to, I need to have her on my show. And I actually wrote you from a parking lot and I was like, just, I found your, your Instagram and wrote to you and just said, can you come on share your story and share your wisdom? So I'm really glad that Amy's here. She's going to help us understand the Akashic records, talk about that and elevating in consciousness. It's going to be really fun. So I'm so excited you're here. (laughs) Me too. So can you start by just sharing a little bit about yourself and and, um, what you do and a little bit about what's led you here? 
Yeah. So um, I'm a mother. I live in Ontario, Canada, and uh, I've had several uh, life paths before this, but I've always been trying to get to what I'm doing now, which is reading the Akashic Records for people. I do one-off sessions and then I do um, like deeper immersion mentorships just to help people get uh, clarity, like really, really laser clarity around the issues that you know, hang out in our blind spot and tend to make us feel stuck. Like we're constantly repeating the same patterns or we're not understanding an essential piece of the puzzle. That's like my favorite, favorite stuff to do. But I also love exploring um, consciousness and spiritual awakening and um, sort of like creating a conversation in a community around that so that we can all sort of like expand our consciousness together and our understanding what's, what, the heck is going on here together Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I do with my time right now which is the best I'm so happy I finally stepped into it it took me a while but Mm -hmm. uh, here I am and and I absolutely love it Mm -hmm. yeah what took you a while were you working a different job or just not living so aligned what what was that yeah, it was both um it was it was living not so aligned it was um from that kind of like I think like that light worker, healer, shadow worker wound that a lot of us have where we know how powerful our gifts are or our offering or our drive to support people in this way. But it to in the eyes of society, especially like kind of when I started on this path, my my mind started um, feeding me this interest and this passion about 20 years ago, like that was not part of the common conversation in society and was completely met with, um, you know, come back down to earth, Amy, and like accusations of being a hippie, which it's so funny to me that that hurts so much because I'm like, wow, it could be so much worse. Like people could be saying way worse things, but it was just that general like dismissiveness and invalidation of, um, you know, what I felt like I was really here to do. And that was very painful and took me a long time to come into my power around it and like understand that it really doesn't matter if certain people in my life get it or not. That that's not, they wouldn't actually want to hold me back. And even if they did, it's up to me whether I let them. So it was, it feels like it was a long journey to get there and a long journey of me trying to squeeze myself in, uh, into other boxes um, to feel, you know, like a valuable member of society and whatever, but they never really fit. All I ever wanted to do was bring clarity to people in areas that they, they couldn't quite find it themselves. I feel like I can relate very much to that. I, I'm almost always asking my clients, what's the most pressing thing? What's the thing that if you could be, have it dissolved, have it healed, you know, it's taken care of that would just change your life. Like I'm always the one going big and they're like, but can we do that? I'm like, baby, it's unlimited. Why not? Like it's keeping you stuck. So why not? I love that you just are unafraid to go there. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, again, it took, it took me, it feels like a long time, but even now it's funny how it feels like it takes a long time while you're in it. 
And in hindsight, it feels like it took a long time, but now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, well, who cares? That was my process. Like no big deal. You know, I'm here now and, and that's all that matters. And I feel um, like I'm actually able to help people in the ways that I've always wanted to. But again, it was only ever me that was stopping me from doing it. Mm-hmm. I love that you say that because it just kind of points to when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, it always feels like it's taking forever and it should have happened last year or last week or I should be there by now and is this going to work? But you're so right. Um, Up until the moment it happens or until the time it happens, it feels like it's this thing. But then once you're there, you're like, oh, that was all on purpose. That wasn't so bad. That all grew me into this person, right? So I just love that. I wanted to kind of highlight that because that is the process. So when you feel like it's not working, it's like, just keep going. It is working and you'll know that one day soon, you know? Totally, totally. It it is working. That's the thing. And and our, I think we have a choice as to whether we um, perceive it as working or not. And we're kind of programmed to perceive that it's not working. To always question, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Um, but it like it working doesn't always feel good, <laughs> you know. But like we can just choose to believe that it's working. It's always working. And when we do that, we sort of like, we become, as Abraham Hicks says, like a cooperative component to to the whole rest of the universe that's orchestrating things on our behalf. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like, okay, fine, I'll play along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, So you started your business and how did you... How did you find Akashic Records? Is that what you started with? Is that what kind of had you start a business or did you find that later? Yeah, I, it was the Akashic Records that I started with. And I. it's funny because I knew I wanted to start a business probably five years before that and had no idea. Like I couldn't even let myself conceive of what it was. Um, but... I knew, I mean, like I said, I, I knew I've known, I've known ever since I was probably about 16 that I wanted to, um, help people find clarity in areas that they needed clarity. But, uh, the Akashic records is really my thing. And it took, it took a while for me to find that too. And I found it, um, following the, the death of my newborn son almost five years ago. So I, I'm sure I'd heard of it before. I probably ran across it. I, I lived with some um, sort of new agey roommates, friends in my very early 20s. And there were some Edgar Casey books hanging around. I never read any of them, but I'm, I'm sure that I'd heard the term Akashic Records before. But even at the time, I couldn't really grasp what it, what it was all about. But fast forward years and years and years later, um, I, I had lost my newborn son. He was born prematurely and he only lived for 20 days. And the whole experience was obviously devastating, but it was also sprinkled with the most incredible magic ever. Uh, it just felt like there were so many things, so many synchronicities that lined up to let me know that actually this was okay. Uh, But my human mind couldn't really like fully accept that. Um, So in the, in the grief period, the acute grief period following, um, I was really tormented understandably by, you know, like 
just missing him. And what if I never have any more children? And um, why did this happen? That was the big one. Why did this happen? But he was also communicating with me a lot. He had communicated with me before he was conceived. So I've always felt my spirit babies before they come in. Um, And then he was with me, like sending me messages and kind of like directing my, my life path while I was pregnant with him, um, including before. So my water broke at 20 weeks. So for 20 weeks, it was pretty much a normal pregnancy. And then after that, for six weeks, it was not a normal pregnancy. And then he was born and he was there the whole time, just like tweaking things in the background and, and, you know, coming to see me through dreams. And then after he died, he was so present. Like he would just come through as a vision of his little sweet self running up and giving me a hug or, um, he would show me himself at different ages and it would always be, I knew it was him because I was never searching for those. It wasn't me conjuring the images up. It was like always in this moment when I was totally taken off guard, uh, like chopping carrots and watching Netflix. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, <laughs> cause you know, he showed himself to me, um, as a four-year-old, for example. And, um, I knew he was just letting me know that he was still there. And so I, I wanted to make myself as available to that as possible. And that led me to really embracing my intuition and my, um, my psychic abilities, which I couldn't even really claim at that time and had always been a big block for me, uh, where it was just like, just believe it. You just, you have to believe it. You just have to believe it. Cause the other option is that you tell yourself this is all made up and he's really gone. He's never coming back. And then you plummet back down into the depths of grief. So he kind of taught me how to tune into my psychic abilities. He, he was the incentive, the beautiful dangling carrot to get me over my own limiting bullshit. Really? Um, And then, but I was still really troubled by the question why, like I couldn't, and I think probably everybody who's ever had a really significant loss um, feels that, like, why did this happen? And it was a why, like, I understood physiologically what happened, but on a spiritual level, why did he die? Was this my karma? Had I done something wrong? Was I a terrible child killer in a different life? And I completely deserved this. And this question was so prevalent in my energy. Like I just couldn't find rest without an answer. And I think that's what led me to the Akashic records. I heard it mentioned on the podcast and I was like, what's that? Like the words just jumped out at me. So I went to research it, um, found a program that teaches one how to do it. And I jumped in. It was my first big investment I ever made in myself. And certainly my first big investment I ever made in anything that I was actually interested in rather than what I thought I should be pursuing. And um, it was that alone was very powerful, but I learned to read the Akashic records and I went in with that big question, why did this happen? And I got an answer that was so profoundly and instantly healing that I knew I had to keep going um, with the Akashic Records and that I had found my thing that I wanted to get good at and share with other people. And the answer was that 
I actually just looked up yesterday my original journal entry um, that I wrote as soon as I had gone into the Akashic Records. It was that it wasn't anything I had ever done in another lifetime or that my husband had ever done because he was similarly plagued with those fears, Um, but that it was actually an experience that the soul of our son was desiring to bring resolution to another life experience he'd had that felt like unfinished business for him. And he asked us to do this knowing that um, it was going to be really intense, really painful, but he was going to get it over with really quick, like ripping off a Band-Aid. And he gave us all these opportunities through his pregnancy to sort of like back out and kind of be like, we're not this is like, even he came in on the third date, which is like hilarious to me, (laughs) but it was sort of that, that situation where we, we were like, well, should we keep this pregnancy? Like we hardly know each other. (laughs) We feel really connected, but we hardly know each other. And what I got was that that was just one of several opportunities he gave us to back out before it got really, really intense. But we just kept choosing him. We, We really wanted him. And he got the resolution he needed through that life experience. And we also got, um, the way it was kind of explained to me was like, it was like a level up. Like, so I went from being mushroom Mario to flower power Mario kind of. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that information was so um, healing. It like, it just completely shifted my perspective in that one trip into the Akashic records where even though I'll always feel grief for the things that I don't get to have with him, I really don't feel predominant sense of loss. I feel like I have him. I have a son. He's just, his body isn't here, but he is with me. I don't feel like any tragedy has befallen me. Um, I just don't feel diminished by it. In fact, I feel enhanced by it or like it brought me closer to the truth of who I am rather than farther away from it. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. Like I just keep realizing more and more strength that it has brought me. So through that, I mean, it just was so powerful that one trip in. And when I shared it with my husband, he similarly had this big release and it's been, that question has been resolved for him forever. Um, And I knew that this is so powerful and I can do this and I need to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. Holy. That's, yeah, what a powerful sequence of events. And I love that you said that what happened to you made you available for more, like you didn't say it like this, but this is what I'm getting, like more levels of truth, more exploration, mm-hmm. further development. And I love that that did activate that in you. Mm-hmm. Because that is the way I truly know it to be like that. This is how this works is it's something bigger. We're not all victims of everything, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's something bigger at play. And I just, what an example of how beautiful that is, because I can't imagine at the time when you didn't have this insight yet, the immeasurable pain and 
grief that you must have gone through in that time. And I just, it's just an incredible story. Thank you for, for sharing that. And I'm so grateful that that's where it led you. Me too. And I feel like, um, in a way he made it easy because I just love him so much that, uh, I have, like, it's so clear that I have to choose love and I have to choose the thing that really, um, honors and exalts that love rather than the thing that diminishes it and makes it smaller. So he, in a way made the choice super obvious to me Mm -hmm. that the choice is always with me about any subject. And it was easy to see that with such clarity around him, but I've since learned how to apply it to other things in my life too. Mm-hmm. It's like the interwoven nature of everything. Like he came here to, you know, make amends or to, you know, write or whatever you want to call it, something from a previous life experience. And he also activated in you your maybe your soul path or what you're meant to do here, right? So it's like this, you both agree to move each other forward. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah like we're, we're all evolving together. And I think that this isn't unique to my situation. I think anytime that we um, have some, it, it feels like we have something taken from us um, that we also are given something in return. We're given a gift, a new opportunity and, but it's never forced on us. We, we are the ones that get to choose whether we receive it or not, but that was exactly it. It was like, it can sound like I did this thing as a sacrifice for him. And in the, I did in the sense that uh, I deeply love him and I would be willing to do that for him, but also I got something in return. I continue to get something in return. So it feels to me like it's a beautifully resolved situation. And that's the actual trajectory of all consciousness evolution. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all good. Yeah, really. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's such a powerful example of that. So can you share then what the Akashic records are for everybody and what it's like to have a session with someone? Yeah. So the Akashic records, the way that I understand them is like the best analogy I can come up with currently is like the internet. So it's a field of information that is non-local. It's just kind of there. It's just all around us all the time, totally accessible, but we access it through portals. And so for the internet, the portal would be our devices. Um, For the Akashic Records, the portal um, would be people who have adjusted their own vibration to be able to match the vibration of the Akashic field so they can access that information. And I really deeply believe that it is um, everybody's birthright, that we all have the ability to access it. But I know that some people are truly called to it the way that I was and other people aren't. And that doesn't mean they can't do it or they're not special enough. It's just not important to them the same way I don't really have any desire to get good at tennis. Um, (laughs) But I can if I really wanted to, but I just don't want to. Um, So it's like uh, it contains, it's a field of information that basically contains the imprint uh, or the resounding echo of everything that's ever happened. And that includes our thoughts, our feelings, um, uh, obviously our actions. 
and it's throughout all time. And time is, of course, like a weird illusion as we experience it. So the the Akashic Records contain information from the future as well, but the past and the future are all in constant flux. Like we think of the past as set. It's set, it's done, it's happened, but uh, it's actually constantly like shape-shifting based on our perception in the now moment. And it's the same with the future. So there's a record of everything there, but it's also not anything that's set in stone. So what it really is good for is giving us insight about what is going on and what is active within us right now, but it can be associated with um, air quotes, past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I call them, I use air quotes because those past lives in a sense are still happening right now. And we're connected to all these different versions of ourselves. So it's really like getting this, um, you know, pieces of the puzzle that give you a much bigger view of who you really are, which is so much bigger than we generally understand ourselves to be and how to have the most agency in our current now moment. Mm, I love that. That's a really great way of describing it. And it's like in the quantum field, it's just, I see it like that too, like this fluxing, almost liquidy, molding, changing, shape-shifting field. And that's what we try to call time. And we try to put this like line through the middle. And it's like, well, from your perspective, it is a line through the middle, but it's not actually a line through the middle. It's, 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 um, yeah, all of it is at once and, and in all, in all ways. But I, I love the way that you describe that. And that does help to make sense. It is, you know, for human language sake, it's like a record of everything ever. And because we have an ever evolving path, we can't say you're going to do this in the future because it's constantly changing, but there's also an imprint of a general trajectory based on the now. Is that kind of? Absolutely. Yeah. And that like, so if somebody's, if somebody's probability, future probability based on their trajectory trajectory right now is distasteful for them, that's not what they want to experience, then all of their power is in the now moment, which is why the Akashic field really exists in the now. And it's the same in terms of like, I know it can be hard for people to understand that the past is in flux too. There are things that have happened that deeply imprint themselves on our brain. Like I can't say that my son didn't die and he didn't affect me, but um how he affects me as I move into my future all depends on how I perceive it now. Mm -hmm. And that really changes the way that it sort of like crystallizes in my consciousness. And so in that sense, the past changes and we can do incredible um, healing through the Akashic records of past events, including past lives that are still, still active insofar as they still have an emotional charge that we are feeling the influence of in this life, whether we are aware of it or not. Mm -hmm. I love how you say that because even just in this life experience, 
you know, as soon as that happened with your son, it was a really bad thing. It was huge. It was traumatic. It was bad, right? For lack of better words. And as you moved through it, there was probably ups and downs of how bad it was, right? We kind of label that. But then as you got that resolution and then continue to heal, now it's turned into a beautiful thing. So was it ever bad or was it always beautiful? Like, I I love that thought and that perfectly explains how the past can change. And I often think of that too, where sometimes I'm like, oh, remember that trip and we were in Hawaii and it's all set up. And I'm like, or was it when we were in Costa Rica? And like, sometimes (laughs) you can even remember things more pleasant or less pleasant, or, you know, the trip was the worst and then someone else, the trip was the best. So what was the trip? And so I love that it explains how we have the ability to change the past by right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, Okay. So then why do people access or what is some common reasons and beautiful resolutions people can get from the Akashic records? Oh my gosh. So many. So let me think of some of my favorite. I mean, I love it when people come and they want to know their sole purpose, especially if they're really um, clear that clear in their power and their agencies. So like they're ready to step into their sole purpose. Um, but we can also resolve things like, you know, I had, like if somebody has a really hard time verbalizing what they're feeling, what they're thinking, um, we can look into, uh, to see if it comes from this life. Cause sometimes it really does. It's just like, traumatic experiences we've had in this life and we can see if it's coming from past lives and sometimes even just making the connection like hearing your past life or hearing me draw out um, a childhood experience is enough to be like oh that's why and that's enough to really shift things mm-hmm. um, but there's also guidance that comes through if that's not quite enough and, and deeper healing has to happen but it basically feels like the magic of it is like, yeah, really getting more pieces of the puzzle. So you can see who you are better and you can see why things are this way and why things are that way and what you can do differently. Um, yeah, but it's, it's like getting, yeah, like a bird's eye view of your soul rather than an earth's eye view from like one human perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That makes perfect sense. Getting that bigger perspective. I love that you say sometimes just that realization. And I tell people all the time, like, I wish I had a fancier process for you. I know, but right? Sometimes <laughs> just witnessing what you're doing and continually affirming in your energy, your thoughts, like gradually, incrementally working more and more towards love, but it comes from recognizing when you're out, recognizing when you do this or that. So sometimes from that bigger perspective, just, I totally hear you like seeing like this came from this life or it's, you know, DNA thing, an ancestor thing. It can make you able to stop the process because you're like, oh, this isn't mine. It doesn't almost matter where it came from, but it's not mine. I don't have to carry this. Yeah, totally. Or like, I mean, it is yours. Nothing wrong with me, right? Mm. It's not because there's something wrong with me. It's just this thing, and now I get it. And exactly, I don't have to carry it forward um, in the same way that I have. And even if it it's still kind of ingrained as a habit. Now I have this new level of awareness where I can catch myself going back into that habit and choose something different. Mm. 
Yeah, I was going to ask that. So once you get this information, like if you're working with clients ongoing, or even if someone just sees you for a reading, there's sort of the way I would see it is there's got to be a little bit of maintenance, right? Like you realize this and then what is it? And you're kind of saying that you start to notice things pop up and then reframe them. Is that what you recommend? Once someone sees why maybe they're held back, then that's what they do to ongoingly create the new story. Yeah, it seems like they just do. Like, it seems like there's something about the Akashic Records because it's a field of um, my best description. And I received this from the person who uh, taught the training that I took. She described it as grace and love. And I would just expand it to say grace, truth, love, and non-judgment. And so there's something about that vibration that even if I'm technically the one going in and accessing it, the person who's having a reading is also in the vibration of the Akashic field. Um, with me. And there's something about it that seems to impart like silent recalibration and silent uh, information. And they just seem to know how to move forward with it. So they'll get like guidance will come through. But whenever I have somebody book in with me again, and I get to, or if I have somebody who um, does like more of a deep dive mentorship, and I get to see their progress, it's like, I didn't even have to specifically tell them. They just know they received it on some deep, deep level Mm. that, oh, you're actually in the driver's seat and you just get to adjust your perception and choose differently. It's like our cork wants to float. So (laughs) as soon as we're able to see a why or a something or an experience, and like you said, now it's not our fault anymore. It's like, oh shit, let's let go. (laughs) And I could see that intuitively. They almost just, I call that like cellular upgrade or like, not that I call it that, but that's what, how I think of it is like just sometimes accessing being in that, not sometimes just accessing being in that space, being in that field is so healing. And I see the difference with my clients bringing in more and more and more energy work to the point where I'm like, I don't think I coach anymore at all. Like I just want to create the space to create, you know, to have you upgrade your cells. This is magic. You know, there's, it's so powerful. Um, and that's the feeling I get with the Akashic records. I've never had a reading and I would absolutely, I think it would just be so cool. So do you go in with a question or do you just kind of get your records read and you just you know, have what's important come forward? Or is it like I have a desire and intention and I come to you to help me with it? Yeah, I'm sure it's different for all readers. Um, For myself, it's the question is really powerful. Uh, So, and it might be because I am a manifesting generator. I don't know a ton about human design, but I do know that apparently my strategy is to respond and that seems to make sense. (laughs) So when somebody has a powerful question, then it's like, it's kind of, I, I draw the analogy of it being like a Google search for your soul. So if you're accessing the internet, which is a database of like unfathomable proportions, like so much information, we can't even wrap our minds around it. Where do you start? Like you have to have something that like zeros you in on something. Mm -hmm. And the more precise your question is, the more power that there is behind it and your desire to know and your willingness to finesse the intention behind it, the more specific and clear the 
resulting information is. So that's how it seems to work for me. But recently, like, I don't know, maybe like four or five months ago, uh, my guides let me know that I needed to add another kind of session. It's still an Akashic session, but they told me it's so funny. Every time I say it, I'm like, you guys couldn't have called it something shorter, but it's a multi-dimensional holographic matrix repatterning session. And yes, I want in. <laughs> and they were like, it's so it's like I go into your Akashic records and I tune into your whole holographic matrix and I just let them lead me to what, you know, most pressingly needs work um, to be cleared out and repatterned in whatever way. And I tell you that I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm finding. And I'm also retrieving information related to that, like where this energy kink came from, like what, you know, what is happening here, any backstory, which I feel like is one of the like I, like I guess we were just saying is like one of the biggest gifts of the Akashic records is it gives your conscious mind something too, so that you don't, your conscious mind, sometimes I think in energy healing sessions can be like, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it thereby like reduces the extent of the benefits that you can allow yourself to integrate, not because it wasn't a beneficial session, but because there's a part of your brain that hasn't caught up with it. Mm -hmm. So getting little pieces of the story of like, oh, you know, there's this um, warping in this part of your matrix. And it seems to be related to this experience that you had in this life and also this experience from another life. And now I'm being guided to repattern it in this way seems to really like satisfy our conscious mind, our subconscious mind and our energy field all together. Um, and those feel really powerful. So they're a little bit less Q and a, but they're still conversational. They're more of a passive receiving. Mm. That is really, that's neat because it also really fits your personality and your drive to like get to the thing, really repattern the thing that's keeping me stuck. It's like, it feels like your guides were like, yeah, you want to do that? Let's take it one more step, yeah. you know, the repatterning, it's really satisfying in the moment. That's why I love this sort of like upgrading this whole, um, I wanted to say idea, but it's very, very real. You can quantum shift in a moment when you, everything is aligned and you're willing, you're just willing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when you, when you said cellular upgrading, I, that makes so much sense to me. And what kind of came into my mind was when electrons jump up a level or two of their, um, like their kind of vibrational activation. So the electrons that orbit atoms, they have different rungs of activity levels. And it's like that cellular upgrade is like, whoa, your whole being just jumped up to the next rung and is vibrating at a higher rate. And then therefore you are open to experience more subtle information. Your, um, you know, your own psychic gifts and intuitive gifts are more heightened and sharpened and whatever, because we're not vibrating down in that denser, murkier place anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. It feels, I mean, I see it in clients and I've seen it in myself and I see it when there is that activation. It's that it is a quantum leap. It's not this cute, catchy thing. It's like you, it really, 
when you're ready to upgrade and you're, when I say everything's aligned, I don't even mean like it's the perfect day, but like for you, you found the Akashic record. Something led you there. You paid for the session. You booked in. You were in receiving mode and you were able to hear information that changed your life. But if someone would have come to you with that, even three weeks earlier or a month earlier, you maybe weren't in the space or, you know, two years earlier, if that would have happened, who knows, right? But you were with it. You were in the moment where you were ready to receive it. And that's what's so powerful about that type of energy work and um, all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, totally like, well, interestingly, I found that information for myself. So I went into my own Akashic records um, rather than going for a reading because I didn't know anybody who could do readings at the time. Um, And, but I totally agree. Like if I had tried, if I had found this three months prior, I don't know that I could have accessed it. And Mm. also if somebody else had tried to tell me that before Mm. I was ready, I wouldn't have received it. And I I completely agree with you. The alignment piece is like your readiness to shift. It's really a shift in perspective, isn't it? Because like Mm. our beliefs are everything. They shape our entire experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know you went in it on your own. That's incredible because I know you can do that, but I would think a question, a circumstance with that much energy density going on, I'm almost surprised that you could be out of your own way enough to experience something. But also there's, you know, that's part of the plan too. So you were meant to experience that in that time. So that's beautiful that you were able to access it yourself. Is that normal to be able to do that yourself with kind of no prior experience? (laughs) Um, I chalk it up to, because every subsequent experience after that was not necessarily that powerful, but I was, I was literally just reading through all of my, um, journals from the time that I learned how to do it. And I was like, damn, I was getting good information, but it didn't have that level of impact on me that that particular first one did. And I really think that this is why questions feel important to me because I believe it was the power of my desire to know. And I honestly felt like if the answer had been that, yes, you're a terrible shit soul and you deserve this and you now have to suffer for the rest of this lifetime because you did this to somebody else, whatever. I really felt like I would prefer to know that and get on with my atonement than to just wander forever Mm -hmm. and stumble around in the dark. And so I had no um, fear resistance. So even though there was a lot of murky energy, it was like, I was ready to hear whatever they had for me, whatever they had. And I think I've since, you know, had lots of times when I've tried to go in and get clear information for myself and my own ego gets in the way and tries to like warp the answer to fit what I want it to be, what I think I want it to be. So I don't think that that's necessarily normal all the time, but yeah. was, uh, yeah, you're right. I was meant to have that experience in that first one. Cause that was the one that just blew my socks off. And I was like, I got to keep going with this. Yeah. I love that you say that you didn't have a lot of fear resistance because you were just ready. And when you're saying like, I was ready to hear whatever was going to come like that to me is 
the part of the gift of what he gave you. It's like, look what that pushed you to. When any of us are at the point where we're like, I am fucking ready, like whatever, even if it means suffering, even if it means this or that, like I'm ready, no matter what you're talking about, like that is the time of miracle. That is the time when you truly are ready. Before that, going like, I'm ready, I want change. Then you look back and go, oh, I wasn't ready. When that grit comes and you're just like, whatever's gonna come, I am willing to face it. That's such a beautiful gift. No matter what sends you to that place, it's a beautiful gift. Yeah, I think that I think that's like that's the rock bottom. And that's why, like, oh man, if you're if if rock bottom seems to be the direction you're going, just let go of the walls and just let yourself fall. Cause the sooner you get to that place, the mm-hmm. sooner you're available for that level of clarity and those shifts. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Um, I'd love to talk about the shift from 3D to 5D consciousness. And I'd love you to share with us, like, what is your perception? What does it mean going from 3D to 5D as an individual, you know, as a whole right now? Um, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Sure. So the way that I understand it is that it's not really about, um, you know, the, the physicality of matter. It's about our perception of who we are and um, the environment that we're in. So it's about consciousness. So to me, 3D consciousness is when you are really, you really have the soul amnesia and you deeply, deeply identify with your current avatar and all the bullshit stories that you created through your life, as we all have. And you don't understand your agency. So you perceive the world with more density in so far as it has more power over you. So, um, you know, the, the, the physically tangible aspects of our experience that we, um, interpret through our five senses feel like the definitive reality. And because we perceive it that way, it is so. 4D consciousness to me, 4D is just um, time and space and the ability for um, things to evolve through time and space. So 4D consciousness, which I think is where most of us are, especially people who listen to uh, a podcast such as this beautiful one. Um, And certainly I feel like I'm mostly between 4 and 5D consciousness, but I still trickle back down into 3 and catch myself. we are on this journey of our own evolution and being interested in our own evolution and at least a willingness to perceive things differently and to let ourselves change through life uh, rather than being stuck in patterns and stories. And then 5D consciousness, like true, true 5D consciousness, and I know I'm not all the way anchored there, is um, when we completely remember who we are but we retain our individuality and we can blend with everybody else, all of creation, but we have troubles with each other mostly. (laughs) And remember that we are all one consciousness, not as like a lovely kumbaya sentiment, but as a real reality. And so the person who has a completely different perspective from you is no longer a threat to you because you understand the value of their perspective and that you have unique perspectives. And when we get into that place of 5D consciousness, 
we also access like these higher harmonics in terms of manifestation. So we can sort of see through the illusion of the the physical world that we're in. Like it's still, we still interact with it through our five senses, but we know we're aware how every aspect of it is constantly in flux. The atoms are constantly exchanging electrons and evolving and none of it is static and it's all responding to our perception and that we are therefore able to manifest so much faster. And we can also access the zero point field, which I think is the quantum field to pull up potentials so much faster and adjust our own vibration to it, to match it and then experience it manifested for ourselves. So it's, and then it goes higher than that, but that's kind of what we're playing with on earth. We're anchoring in the the 5d consciousness. Mm -hmm. I love the way that you describe that. And I look at the 3d as you're saying is like when we associate and we think we are, our bank account, our things, our stuff, our status, I am this, you hurt me. It's like all the very human things. And yeah. most people have come from, well, we've all come from that because we're human. That's what we are, but we're trained. Like you are this. If you say like, who are you? You'd be like, I'm this, this is my social insurance number, or here's my stats, or here's my, I'm a Scorpio, I'm, you know, whatever. And then I love how you describe that the 5D is like evolving into the like, we are one. And also I'm hearing like, we, I am a soul, I am a spirit, I'm part of a bigger tapestry. So it's like the emergence from like, I am this physical body and my stuff into like, I'm source. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. And I love that the 4D, that's like the in-between, the time and space, it's still connected to human, but it's bringing in source. It feels like that perfect like middle ground where like the peanut butter and jam, like mix all up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's like, it's the bridge. And I, I really feel like that's where most of us are and it's really perfect and we're, but we're moving closer to the, and I also kind of see it as like a spectrum similar to the visible light spectrum. So I'm sure it's not this linear. This is just my brain's understanding, but you know, if, if you imagine the visible light spectrum, the red waves are long, like longer, um, like troughs and longer peaks. Like it's a, it's a much longer amplitude. And then as you move through it up to the violet, it becomes like a higher and lower amplitude and shorter, um, shorter wave pattern. And it kind of reminds me of that. Like there's, there's levels of 3d too. There's like the really deeply entrenched 3d. There's mm -hmm. the 3d that's moving towards 40, 40 that's moving towards 5d. Um, so we're all kind of just in there playing around some level of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And really, let's be honest on any given day, <laughs> yeah, like, on totally. any, yeah, in any given day, it's like, wow, I just, the other day I said to my husband, I was all like bunched up and pinched off over something. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I just need to be a fucking human right now. And he's like, okay. I'm like, and this happened and this happened and this happened. And then I had to like, get it all out. And then he hugged yeah. me and I'm like, okay, oh, come back to love. He's like, all right. I just kind of witnessed this whole thing go on where when I can just say, I'm just going to be real 3D about this for a moment, my stuff or my whatever, right? It's kind of good though, to just give yourself that permission. Like I still am a human. Yeah. And I think, I think an interesting thing that I've noticed in, in the community I've created is that sometimes we believe that we want 
to experience ascension so we can get out of the human experience and we perceive like you know earth as like a prison planet and the human journey as like craptacular and it is intense it is intense for some people more than others for sure but I don't feel like really from our soul perspective any any of us really want out of here fast we know we're getting out of here like we just are. That's the end destination for all of us. So we're not we're not really in a hurry from the soul perspective to get out of here. And ascension isn't about not being a human. It's about being a human, but also being like, oh damn, this is how the simulation works, or this is how this environment works. Like this is how I can play the game, and it's way more fun, way more liberating. I'm way less pissy at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really beautiful. And I love just thinking about it as an ascension, as a spectrum, as like we're all kind of all over the place all the time. But the general direction is to continue sort of moving, I want to say forward, but it's, you know, moving along, (laughs) flowing with with what it all is. Um, So I would like to ask you about um, like soul purpose. I was just kind of marrying the two things we were talking about. You were saying how you love when people come to you for the Akashic Records about the soul purpose. And also, I think that a lot of people that are on that ascension path, wherever we are in any given moment, the soul purpose starts to become more important. I feel like at 3D, maybe we're not even aware or care too much about something bigger. But as we ascend, like that seems like the natural at some point, your curiosity, your draw to become closer to what your soul signed up for and, and um, exp- you know, having it express itself. So does that come in in that time of that ascension? Yeah, I think so. I think some people are born just knowing, uh, or they retain, like, I'm sure that all, I'm sure I used to be a midwife. So I got to receive a lot of babies and they're magical and amazing. And I'm sure they all know they have a soul purpose, but I think some people manage to retain it through their childhood where they're like, there's a bigger reason that I'm here and I'm not satisfied working in a cubicle or doing a job that doesn't actually make the most of my unique gifts. But for a lot of us, we totally just buy into the programming that we receive. And we think that, you know, that's what life is, is like you grow up and you learn how to adult. And that means getting a job. And, you know, you, you hope to manage your money well enough that you get to enjoy some of life's pleasures and whatever. Hopefully. Um, hopefully yeah. Maybe we'll see. Right. <laughs> I guess that's, that's sold to us as the goal. <laughs> yeah. It's like self-care. Um, if I have time, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you'll never have time anyway. <laughs> so, so that's like really the, the, where we get lost in that 3d experience, but exactly. There's like this awakening process where we're like, no, though, no, like I, I'm not happy and I have to acknowledge it. I don't feel satisfied. I feel like there's something more, even if I don't know what that is. I just feel like there has to be something more to this than like, you know, get a job, work, get married, buy a house, pay off debt for the rest of your adult life, maybe retire before you die. Like, you know, that just that weird, it's, it just feels off. And so I think we awaken to it, but I, I don't know. I, there are also people who just feel they're like, 
I have a purpose here. I don't know what it is, or I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. I don't have that level of confidence yet. And I love being able to do those readings and basically just remind everybody that like you're, you are uniquely needed and wanted here. You answered a call to be here Mm -hmm. and you know, that your, your contribution is invaluable. There's absolutely no way to summarize it in words, but I can help you (laughs) try to like pinpoint it. (laughs) What kinds of things are people's sole purpose? Is it, you know, because everyone's looking like to be a lawyer, you know, and I always, I I actually struggle a little bit with that in my own practice Mm -hmm. of just speaking to people about their purpose. And I, if I have sole purpose sessions, like I almost feel a little bit like, I really want to be careful and clear here that I'm not going to come out and say that you should be a grade four teacher, although sometimes that ends up being the perfect way for them to express what their soul came here. So like what kind of things or what do you commonly see are people's sole purposes? I find the exact same thing as you and I have like created the habit of asking people when they say, what is my sole purpose? I'm like, do you want to know what career you fit into like a guidance counselor sort of like you know questionnaire or do you want to know what your soul's intention was coming here to earth because those are two totally different things um so it helps to know what they want but i i find that a lot of us are here to I mean, a lot of us are here to work through some karma and my perspective of karma is just simply kind of like my son's experience. Like there is unfinished business. There's something that didn't feel resolved by the end of another life that is seeking resolution. Mm. Um, A lot of us are here right now to do really intense healing work and to bring a lot of light to like knots of darkness. So people who feel like they're born into families where there's a lot of dysfunction um, and they're the only ones that are like aware and willing to work on it. They're usually bringing light into that area, almost like, um, one of those, uh, acupuncture needles. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, just transmitting a beam of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have really intense healing work that we're here to do. And it feels personal because we take it on as personal, an individual, but really a lot of us, what we're here to do is like clean up the PTSD collective conscious garbage that is just floating around. And so we incarnate as humans so that we can really resolve it. Um, but it's, it's actually not ours. And that's why it's just, it's really not personal. We just need to not take it personally, but willing to be willing to go through that work. And then the other thing that I find is a lot of us are here to um, anchor in a higher level of consciousness and remind other people how, like what our true potential is and and how to live that it's more in alignment with who we really are. And of course that, that mission takes shape in different ways for different people, but those are the overall themes that I find. Mm-hmm. When you give someone a reading and you say things like that, is there a deep sense often of like, yeah, I feel that, like, I kind of knew that. Is that? Yes. Um, 
I feel it's funny because a lot of the time, like some new information will come through, especially around like past lives and stuff that we don't have like uh, as clear of access to. But a lot of the time people are like, yeah, I kind of already knew that, but it just feels different hearing it from somebody else. And yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think a lot of us as, um, you know, whatever label you want to give it, my, my favorite is kind of star seeds. Cause I just, I do encounter so many people that have, have souls that have done a lot of evolving in their consciousness in other environments other than earth and that have deliberately brought that wisdom to earth to just try and like, you know, affect the level of collective consciousness on behalf of humanity. And so I think a lot of star seeds though, we, we just receive such heavy programming um, through our lives about that all humans do about how worthless and useless we are and inconsequential and we can feel that that's not true, but at the same time, we're afraid that it is. And so we kind of just, sometimes we just really need somebody to reflect it back to us that they can see who we really are, um, you know, beneath all those programmed bullshit things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's actually perfectly said. <laughs> it's like programmed bullshit things because yeah, it's again, it's like the cork. It just reminds me of like, there's so many of us that, I mean, we all naturally want to float, but there are so many of us that are meant for like to help the planet, to help each other, to heal, to grow. And we can't do it when we're so heavy, when we're so in protection mode and, and so heavily programmed. Um, it makes so much sense. So what would you say, because we talk a lot on the show about manifestation and about creation, and, and that's an interesting one because it is like mixing the 3D with the 5D, right? It's like playing with the energies, but to manifest something into 3D. That's what that physical manifestation is when we're looking for things, we're looking to change our life in some way and bring new things in. So what do you think is some of the most important things we could do in that process of tapping into that manifestation power? Yeah, I feel like the most important thing or the biggest game changer for me was getting to a point where I realized that my external reality is not more real than the thing that I am aligning with. And that like, if I desire something, it's because it's already done it or it like meaning it already exists. It has already taken full shape on an energetic level and I am detecting it. And my consciousness, I like, we think our conscious brains are so clever, but they're like the slowest part to catch up with anything. So it's, it's like my conscious mind thinks it was a unique idea, but it's actually just like finally trickled down to the level of my conscious mind that this thing already exists and it's mine. And I, I have created it. I have done it. And that, um, you know, so for example, with money, so it took me a long time to, to figure out money a long time because I would get really activated, um, really panicked when I would look at my bank account or when I was experiencing, um, situations that reflected struggle and scarcity. And I could kind of understand that they were maybe reflections of my internal sense of struggle and scarcity, but I kept reacting to them anyway. 
-hmm. and it would tank my vibe. So I couldn't seem to like stay consistent around the money that I was desiring to experience. And when I, when I decided to just basically be like, fuck reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like what I'm, what I'm manifesting is more real. And I'm just going to plug my, all of my attention into that. It was like so fast. It was so unbelievably fast. And I would feel now I'm really good at it because momentum gathers and you prove to yourself how fast it is. But when it first started, I had, um, it's like my fear didn't want to die. So it started throwing everything in the kitchen sink at me. It was like, Oh, your landlord's going to contact you and tell you that somehow you have an outstanding $200 on your, you know, rental account. And your, um, your student loan is going to go back into repayment after a grace period. And you're going to miss the email that tells you, and then you're going to, you know, have a bounced payment and whatever. Like it was all these things. And Maybe every time I had to, <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and I had to every single time be like, Nope, that's, I'm not giving my energy to that. That's not real. It's a mirage. And it's just the old patterns in me that want to stay alive. But the thing that I'm injecting my life force attention into now is a feeling in my nervous system of everything being okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a really a feeling thing for me. And even though I'm a visual person, it, I can't just sit and visualize. I have to feel that feeling in my nervous system of like, everything is paid for. Everything is covered. And I have more and more and more coming in all the time. And I saw it as like, I considered it as giving myself a gift where I was like twice a day, at least I'm going to sit and I'm going to spend at least five minutes feeling that feeling of relief and safety in my nervous system. And, you know, screw what's happening in the outside world. I can give myself this gift of feeling good about it twice a day. And it really was so fast. It was like, once I really doubled down on it, it was probably a month before everything completely changed. Mm -hmm. But the benefit is that I had already figured that out with like how I manifested my husband and how I manifested pregnancies, but it's always the same thing. It's just being like, my outside world is a bullshit mirage. I'm not feeding it my energy anymore. I'm feeding my energy to the thing that I'm calling in because that's real. Mm, that is so, it's exactly it. Like I just couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. If you're graspy about it, what that really is saying is that you're still leaking your power to your current circumstances and you're reacting to it. So you're reacting by thinking that you're being like, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. But really you're saying, I'm so freaked out by my current situation and I'm trying to trying to manifest a solution because I don't believe that I'm going to be okay. So you just have to be okay first. Yeah. And then more than okay. And then way better than okay. And it, and it just all, it's like your external reality rearranges itself to reflect that new state of being that you have. 
Mm, I love that you said too, it's just, it's fast because that's, it is like when you hook into it and it takes, like you said, there's years and years of work and uncovering. It doesn't have to be years and years, but all I'm saying is like you do a certain amount of internal work, but then you can activate this whole other level of like momentum and, and just like turning it on. I love, I love that you said how quick it was for you. Cause I truly believe that. I don't think pe- things have to take a long time. I, I can make them take a long time. I'm yeah. good at that. I can really, I can prolong that shit for a long time, um, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that long. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I agree. And I've found the exact same thing that when I am ready to, that, and that's the magic of uh, those, um, oh gosh, I have placenta brain. Those rock bottoms is when you get to that point where you're like, I'm freaking ready to shift, like for reals ready, like done with my own bullshit. And then you get really focused. It's so, so, so fast. And the thing that makes it feel long for people is that they don't want to give up their bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. So like, I have no judgment about it at all. I just think it's, it's one of those funny things that humans do. We get really attached to our story and our concept of who we are. Mm-hmm. And we just don't really want to relinquish it. And so when we're trying to convince ourselves, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. It's like, you are don't you? believe that about yourself at all. So you can't be. And you have to believe it first. You have to believe it first. And, and I, I feel like it's like <clears throat> reality, external reality that we interact with. This is that 3D part where we think this is the real deal. It's not. It's the, like Abraham Hicks called it old news. The way that I perceive it is like in order for our, for energy to slow down and crystallize into physicality, like its vibration has to slow down so much. So it's the last part of a manifestation and we place such a high premium on it, but it's like, it's cool, but she's really right that by the time it comes into your physical reality, uh, you're kind of like, eh, cause you've already, you've already calibrated to it being real that it just, you know, it's not an entitled, like eh, dismissive, but it's like, yeah, it's obviously real. Cause I've put all my energy in it. <laughs> right. And it's also never about the thing. It's what we think the thing will give us. So yeah. when we conjure up that stuff first, we get the thing and they're like, we're kind of like, cool. Like I was complete anyway, but I'll totally enjoy the new car or the trip or the whatever, but it doesn't make me whole. I don't need it anymore because I found that feeling beforehand. So yeah, of course it manifested. (laughs) Yeah. Which was why when I just let my nervous system feel completely taken Mm -hmm. care of, um, and like abundant in the sense that like, I was like, Oh, I just kept visualizing myself paying all the bills and buying all the things that I had on, have on my like running. I want this list and being like, and money is still coming in and I still have money left over. Like I'm not even close to running out. It keeps replenishing itself. Once I encoded that in my nervous system, it, it had to be, it had to come into my physical reality because it's not about the money. It's about feeling that in my nervous system. And then, yeah, reality just shuffles itself to reflect that. Mm-hmm. I really wish humans, and we are, but I really wish that we understood that our success is inevitable when you 
are, I mean, anyway, your success is inevitable, but these people and the people in our communities and friends and close people, like you are going to do it. You are going to manifest the stuff. So just like know that and there you go, right? Like I really wish we got that. And when I say that in my business, it's not just some catchy line, like your success is inevitable. I believe in you. It's truly, if you want it and you align with it, it must come. It's law. It has to. Yeah, truly, it is law. Like, try it. Align with <laughs> try it. it. Whether it's fear or it's, you know, the new laptop or whatever, like, it will. If you align with it, it will. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and having such a great conversation. I, at some points, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're recording a podcast. It kind of just felt like we we're hanging out. <laughs> So thanks so much for sharing your light and love and and helping us. And where can people find you and what do you have going on these days? I mean, I know you're about to pop out a human, so I don't know if you're launching programs, but um, what are you up to and where can we find you? Yeah, I'm trying to squeak a couple in before before I pop out a human, but um, the easiest places to find me currently are, uh, I have a Facebook group where I'm really active. It's called Soul Space. And I usually show up there at least once a week and go on some kind of rant or diatribe and um, maybe answer questions and things like that um, of this general nature. And then uh, you can find me at Instagram at the northstar.love. And you can find me through my podcast, which is called Third Eye Awakening. Well, thanks again, Amy. It was so nice connecting with you. And I hope everyone goes to find you because I just love your podcast, your, your Instagram and all of it. You're so amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was such a delight. Hey love, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really hope you got some incredible value from it. And if you did, pretty please head over to iTunes and leave me a review and hit the subscribe button. This really does make a huge difference in the success of the show. And it really shows me that you want this type of training, tools, techniques to hack law of attraction and have you manifest fast. Thank you in advance for that. And before I go, I want to remind you that there is a version of yourself that already has what it is that you want, already has the manifestations, already has the love, the abundance, the success, the freedom, the self-confidence, and everything else that you could want. So what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to envision her, embody her, ask what's her energy about, what's her mindset set like and what advice does she have for me today as you do this my love you awaken her you quantum align you collapse time and you make yourself able to manifest the life you want so much quicker have a fantastic day and i will see you in the next episode